My name is Nader Dabit. I work as a senior developer advocate on the uh, AWS team of mobile developers. So the team that I work with is the uh, AWS mobile team. But in reality, we're kind of not only focused on mobile anymore. As you're about to see, we're going to talk a lot about web and cross-platform stuff. So we're kind of transitioning to not only mobile, but client technology, technologies in general. So we're covering a lot of stuff with React, Angular, Ionic as well. We're also still doing all of our native stuff. Um, so before I get started on all of the things that we're going to be talking about with Amplify, that's really mainly what we're going to be uh, covering today. I want to get a quick idea of you know, people that are here visiting uh, and, and attending this session. Um, who here is currently using Amplify and has kind of had a lot of experience with it? Okay. And then who here is coming to learn more about Amplify? Maybe they haven't used it yet. Okay, perfect, that's good to know. Because there's, there's quite a bit of information in this talk focused not only at existing Amplify developers, but new developers. So we're gonna talk about everything from the very basics of Amplify. We're gonna talk about all the new features that we've added over the past year. We're gonna talk about some uh, best practices around some of the new features that we've added. And we're gonna deep dive on some of those new features. And then we're gonna do a live demo. So let's look at the agenda in general. Uh, first of all, we're gonna go over an overview and a state of the union which is basically gonna be a quick overview of how Amplify works. We're gonna talk about all the different pieces of Amplify and how they fit together. We're then gonna do a state of the union, um, and actually that's gonna come first. It's gonna give like a quick overview of the past year of how Amplify has done in the community and how people are using Amplify. Um, we're gonna then highlight the new features that we've added over the past year for both Amplify framework and the Amplify console. Uh, we're going to highlight those new features in depth for both of those platforms. And then I'm going to do a live demo where we're going to basically rapidly prototype and test an end-to-end -end music festival API with Amplify. And we're going to be building uh, everything from the databases to the authorization and the authentication and all the different mechanisms around fine-grain access control. And we're going to test that out locally, and then we're going to deploy that and look at it in the Amplify uh, console. If you're interested in talking more about all this stuff, you can come find me afterwards. I'm going to hang out in the hall later. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Dabit3. I uh, really am very active there, and I'd be happy to have discussions there as well. Uh, if you're interested in these uh, topics and you want to dive into more depth on these, these are the breakout sessions that I would really recommend, especially the first two here, MOB302 and MOB402, if you want to see some launch announcements for some stuff that we're going to be launching here. Um, and then if you want to deep dive on how to do stuff with Amplify, check out the rest of these, uh, 334, uh, DOP334, EUC309, EUC401, MOB302, and MOB311. So let's take a look at Amplify, uh, how we've done over the past year. In 2019, so far, not counting reInvent, we've already had uh, 15 launch uh, announcements for the Amplify framework and 16 launch announcements uh, for the Amplify console. Um, we've seen a pretty massive increase in uh, downloads and usage for some of the top um, components in the Amplify library, mainly the auth category, API, storage, and analytics. These are kind of like the main categories that people are using, and this is where we've seen the largest increase in adoption. 
Uh, we also launched the Amplify Community site, and the Amplify Community site is a way for us to highlight people in the community that are building stuff with Amplify and have a single place for us to put all of our tutorials, all of our videos, all of the new stuff that has come out. We put it here. We also put all of the community stuff here. So if, if someone has written a good blog post or created a nice video or a tutorial, we put it here and we highlight it. And we also highlight all of the events that are coming up that have to do with Amplify, either things that we're actually going to be presenting at or people from the community are going to be presenting at. So if you're interested in kind of going to conferences, meetups, um, anything like a workshop, you can prob probably find this on the Amplify community site. And then with the facilitation of that community site and working with community members, we've seen a 400% increase around there with community contributions in 2019 for blog posts, tutorials, and things like that. So we're seeing a lot of good community adoption, which is really what we're aiming for. So what I'm going to do now is go through a quick overview of Amplify, and we're going to talk about all the pieces and how they fit together. Um, Amplify, we, we like to talk about it um, in a couple of different ways. So we say the Amplify framework, and we, saw, we say the Amplify console. In reality, it's, it's four different pieces mainly. We have the CLI toolchain. We have the client libraries, and uh, we're going to talk about, of course, all of this stuff in a little more depth in just a moment. But what you'll do is you'll use the CLI to create a service. You'll use the client libraries to then interact with that service. We also have platform-specific components that allow you to get up and running really quickly with a lot of the core functionality that you typically need for an application. And we integrate with client code. So for instance, in React or Angular, you know, you build out applications, you typically need authentication. And authentication doesn't really change much across different applications as far as the core functionality. You want people to sign in, you want people to sign up. You know, this stuff is thing, are things that we write over and over. You can use the platform-specific components and kind of get up and running really quickly with an authentication flow with just a couple of lines of code. We also have a hosting and CI CD platform. This is the Amplify console. This was re uh, released and launched and reInvent last year. And we've continued to iterate on that. And we're going to look at some new stuff that we've launched this year uh, there as well. So the workflow for Amplify, uh, for Amplify in general, I kind of talked, touched on just this a little bit. But essentially what you do if you want to build a project with Amplify, you'll, you'll use the CLI to create a service. You'll first initialize a project to create a service. So maybe you'll uh, add authentication. Maybe you'll add storage with S3. You'll then use the client libraries to interact with those services from your native iOS or your web application or your React Native app. And then once you've done that, you might want to change something in your app. You'll update or modify your existing environment. You can do that via the CLI and then push changes back up via the CLI. And if you're on the web, if you're building a web application, you can then deploy that via the Amplify console to a live environment. So let's look at the Amplify CLI in a little more depth. Uh, what is the Amplify CLI used for? Well, for uh, you know, mainly these things. You use the CLI to create a new application, a new initialize a new Amplify project, and you can start creating services. You can then update and configure your existing services that you've created. We added local mocking and testing this year that allows you to simulate an entire environment locally so you don't have to push every time you want to make a, a change and test something out. We're going to be testing that out in just a moment. Uh, you can create and manage multiple serverless environments. So typically, if you have uh, an application that has uh, you know, a live environment, you have your authentication, you have your API, you don't want to test on your live environment. You can just clone your existing environment into a new environment 
and test there, and then you can merge whatever the diff is, whatever the changes are, back into your main environment using the CLI. We also do a lot of code generation now. So with GraphQL, what we do is we introspect your GraphQL schema, and we do a couple of things. One of the main things that people are using it for as of now, we have some more stuff coming, but for now, we generate all of the local code that you need to interact with your GraphQL API. If you've ever built with GraphQL and you've built all this yourself, you know that if you have this massive schema and you have all of these operations, kind of duplicating those operations locally in the form of your native iOS project or your web project is you know, a lot of work. What we do is we introspect the GraphQL schema and we generate all that code locally and we plop it in the folder and you're up and running in just a couple of seconds by running a single command. Um, and you can also, of course, remove services and delete your entire project directly you know, from the command line so you don't really have to go into the AWS console. So the CLI usage, this is kind of how it looks if you've never uh, used it before. To initialize your initial project, you run amplify init. You want to add a service, you run amplify add in the name of the service. For API, it would be API. For authentication, it would be, a, it would be auth. You can then test it locally by running amplify mock. You can then update you know, whatever features that you'd like to update by running amplify update with the name of the feature. When you're ready to deploy, amplify push. The client, the client is used to interact with these services after you've created them via the CLI or not. You don't actually have to use the CLI. If you've generated your project using CloudFormation or whatever, you can still connect directly uh, from the, uh, the client using Amplify Client. Um, we have now something coming this week, Amplify Native for iOS and Android. We have our JavaScript client for web and React Native, and uh, that's really what we're going to be focusing on today. And we also have those JavaScript framework specific components, and we're going to look at which clients that we support in just a moment. Um, so for Amplify Client, what we're coming out with this week is native iOS support and native Android support. So a lot of people really, really enjoy using Amplify, and they don't enjoy using the AWS SDKs for mobile as much. So we're bringing Amplify goodness you know, directly to these native uh, environments. So we'll have Amplify iOS and Amplify Android coming this week. Um, as far as the framework-specific components are concerned, really, this is what we support at the, at the moment. We're looking at Svelte as well. So if you're building with React, React Native, Angular, Vue, or Ionic, we have all of those framework-specific components that you can import and use there. Of course, you can use Amplify JavaScript with any JavaScript library or any JavaScript client. It doesn't have to be uh, one of these. So what does the usage look like on the client? Well, essentially, it's pretty, pretty much this. You import whatever you'd like to use from the Amplify library. So here, we're importing API. You can use API to make uh, calls to API Gateway or GraphQL. Uh, if you're working with API Gateway, you'll call HTTP methods, so get, put, post, delete, so on and so forth. If you're working with GraphQL, you'll call API.GraphQL. As far as the framework-specific components are concerned, it looks something like this. This is literally the only two lines of code that you need to get up and running with authentication in React. You import the with authenticator component from Amplify React. Uh, if it was Vue or Angular, it would be Amplify-name-of-your-framework. You, you then wrap the component that you'd like to authenticate with this higher-order component. We scaffold out that entire authentication flow in front of your component. So. 
something that we've added recently uh, that people have been asking about is support for a sign-in with Apple. I actually released a really in-depth blog, blog post today on Dev.2 called uh, React Native Authentication in Depth, talking about how to do OAuth with Facebook, Google, Amazon, and, and Apple, um, and also OIDC. And if you're interested in learning more about this, I have a session later on. It's MOB404, where we literally only talk about authentication for the entire hour, and it's for web and React Native. So now if you're working, if you need to use the Apple sign-in, it looks something like this. If you're using the hosted UI on the left, this is something that you can uh, get up and running with with a single function call. You call auth.federated sign-in, I think. And what we do is we actually open up you know, a hosted U UI. This is part of Cognito. And anything that you've configured in your uh, project as far as authentication is concerned, we built, we have like a basic UI that you can use. That's the UI on the left. And of course, you can use your own UI. The one on the right is something I threw together for this talk, and it's something that I'm going to demo later. It's just kind of just an example of, you know, buttons that you would press and call whatever um, OAuth that you would like to use. So first, we're going to go over the Amplify Framework new feature overview for 2019. So what are the things that we've added so far this year? These are the ones that I'm excited about. These aren't really all of them. Uh, we added support for Lambda triggers for S3 Incognito. So for instance, a lot of times you need to have some post authentication trigger for Cognito, add a user to a group. You can do that now via the CLI pretty easily. Uh, we added local mock mocking and testing. That's, that's been a really popular feature. We added multiple authorization types for AppSync. So before, it was kind of hard to get up and running with multiple authorization types. So maybe you wanted public access and private access on your API. We added uh, direct support for that via the CLI and the client. Um, we added support for custom AppSync resolvers. So you can write your resolver code locally in the project and run, run an Amplify push, and you get your changes pushed up, and you don't have to kind of muck around in the dashboard there. Um, we also added support for AppSync Lambda resolvers. So if you want to have a Lambda function run as your GraphQL query or mutation, we added that. Uh, custom DynamoDB indexes allow you to configure more sophisticated da data access patterns on DynamoDB via your Amplify and your AppSync application. We added machine learning and, uh, and artificial intelligence service integration using the predictions category. Multiple environments, something that we released at the beginning of this year. We also added support for Amazon Aurora serverless data as a data source. Uh, we added full stack starters, which allow you to deploy and get up and running with the front and the back end via the CLI for a lot of popular projects. So we have like an authentication starter or a Gatsby starter or whatever kind of starter you'd like. That way you can have kind of an entire boilerplate to start with, not only on the front end, but also on the back end. And then we added OAuth configuration via the CLI so you can then you know, do all of this Facebook uh, and um, Google OAuth stuff and get it configured locally. You don't have to leave your command line. Now, as far as reInvent is concerned, two of the main things that I'm excited about that we're going to be releasing this week, um, we're bringing the Amplify.js library goodness directly to native iOS and native Android. If you'd like to see this launch and learn more about it, check out MOB306. Uh, L, so it's like a leadership session. We have a couple of people from our organization that are going to be there. And then we're bringing, this is probably the most thing that I'm, I'm the most excited about. And I'm really kind of just giving a general idea because I'm not supposed to go too in depth on it. But we're bringing massive improvements to offline 
and real-time across all of the clients, so web, React Native, native iOS, and native Android. If you'd like to learn more about that, check out MOB402, uh, Richard Threlkeld. He's the, one of the lead engineers on our team. He's going to be the one presenting uh, that session. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be releasing a lot of you know, posts and retweeting people and, and posting information about that, those releases. So I'm going to go over some of the new features uh, a little more in depth and talk about a little bit of uh, best practice around Amplify. So one of the most important features that we released this year are this, uh, or, or is this idea of having multiple authorization types for your AppSync API. So now you can mix and match between Cognito user pools, OIDC, um, IAM, and um, API key. So how does this look? Well, now via the CLI, when you're creating your API or you're updating your API, if you're using an older version of the, the CLI and you upgrade it to the newer version, you'll now have the option to do advanced settings. And then in the advanced settings, you'll then have the option to add whatever additional authorization types that you'd like to have. So now uh, what you'll end up having is a main base authorization type. So you can choose API key or Cognito as your base, and then you can add additional ones in, you know, in uh, accordance to whatever you know, your application and needs. So you'll just have all of these things you know, given to you via the CLI. And then once you're ready to uh, configure these in your GraphQL schema, you can then pass in that array of rules. And then you can set whatever rules that you would like directly there. So you can set uh, public, private, whatever you like, groups. And uh, when you run your you know, GraphQL code generation, when you run push, when you mock locally, we'll take those rules into concern, into account, and we'll then uh, generate the resolvers that are necessary for uh, all of this to work. Um, once you've done that on the back end and you want to integrate on the client and you want to change the authorization type of the API call, you'll still have that base authentication type or authorization type in your project. So when you run Amplify Configure, you'll be given that base type, and then you can set an additional uh, different type if you'd like to have a different type of uh, you know, call. So here, you can just set the auth mode to whatever you'd like. This overrides the default. Um, AppSync uh, Lambda resolvers. So you can now add a Lambda function as the resolver for your GraphQL query and mutation. Um, so we enabled you know, uh, Lambda functions as GraphQL resolvers. You can also configure the permissions directly from the CLI. And you can also mock and test all this locally as well. So not only are you mocking and testing your base AppSync API, you're, you're mocking and testing everything. So whatever uh, Lambda resolvers that you have uh, created and configured, you can mock those locally. So the schema would look something like this if you would like to add this. So you would have your, you know, all of your base, all of your regular GraphQL schema written. And then you can define additional queries, mutations uh, down below or wherever. And all you would need to do is use the at function directive. So here you see we have at function. We set the name of the function. Now whenever we call this query with any or, or mutation, it'll invoke this lambda function as opposed to uh, invoking whatever other resolver might be associated with a typical uh, GraphQL operation. So how would you integrate with this in the actual lambda function? Well, if you see the actual API call at the bottom here, we're just calling that, that regular API.GraphQL, passing in an argument. And then in the Lambda function, you're now going to have the event.arguments uh, argument. And in the events.arguments will be all of the data that you pass in. 
So here we're just doing what you would typically do in a lambda function, either returning or doing context.done, passing in whatever data that you like. That will come back in the form of a GraphQL response. So what are some of the tips and best practices that we have kind of seen and we recommend over the course of the last year or so? Well, uh, one of those, uh, you know, this is all going to be using a lot of the new stuff that we've, had, we've added. Um, so as far as authenticating and author authorizing your API, um, we have a lot of sophisticated stuff going on with Auth now. And we've had people that, uh, when they first started getting up and running with AppSync, they would leave their uh, models or they would leave, you know, some of their part of their application open and their subscriptions would be open or maybe whatever uh, piece of their data would be open for people to, you know, subscribe to if they weren't already, you know, part of, uh, signed into the application. We basically, uh, you know, recommend using the auth directive and understanding the auth directive and using this to authorize anything that you don't want accessible to just any user. So understanding how, how the auth directive works, understanding the rules around that, uh, definitely dig into that if you're interested, you know, in working with Amplify. Um, also, take advantage of the local mocking and testing. This is more around developer velocity because when you're testing out your Amplify project in the past, Anytime you wanted to test a change, you would have to deploy and it would take you know, a couple of minutes. Uh, local mocking and testing only takes a couple of seconds. So over time, just you know, try to learn how to use the mo mo local mocking and testing. I'm actually gonna uh, demo that later here today. And this is gonna, gonna be like a, uh, a big thing that's gonna be a time saver. Um, also, uh, going deeper into the uh, authorization stuff, uh, you can also take advantage of field level, level authorization, which means you can set authorization rules around different fields in your GraphQL type. So instead of just authorizing the type itself, you can actually authorize different fields within your type. So if you have a phone number or some type of ID that you want secured, you can add rules uh, there as well. Um, multiple environments uh, to test in production. So look at how to use the Amplify Add ENV, Amplify Checkout ENV, just the Amplify ENV command in general. This way you can kind of have your main environment in one place and uh, you know, check out new environments to test out whatever features that you like to play around with. Um, we added support recently for Amplify Console branch previews and also Amplify Console uh, PR previews. So if you're testing in a live environment, you don't want to just test locally. You can use Amplify Console branch previews and, and uh, Amplify Console pull request previews to preview whatever uh, things that have changed, not only on your front end, but also on your back, on your back end. And then finally, uh, understanding the key directive. The key directive is something we added uh, recently, you know, this year also as well. And the at key directive allows you to add additional, you know, really interesting data access patterns across your application. Um, recently, I released a blog post about a week ago that shows how to take the DynamoDB best practices guide, implemented that into GraphQL. And there we have, I think, 29 different data access patterns across a single GraphQL schema. So you can do things like querying uh, based on, you know, different global secondary indexes. You can do things like, uh, you know, understanding how to model relational data across a DynamoDB or a NoSQL table and things like that. Um, you know, check out the, the, the documentation there. We go into a lot of depth uh, there as well. This is more an advanced use case, but it's something that will come up if you're building using Amplify. Amplify console. 
Amplify Console offers uh, Git-based hosting and CI/CD for your applications. Um, right now, only web applications. Um, we deploy to a globally available CDN, and we have instant atomic deployments that are kind of built in, which basically means if you deploy your application, you don't have any downtime. Once the application deployment is successful, we then uh, have the new version of your application go live. Um, we have support for deploying either your front end only or your back end only or your front end and your back end together. So uh, I'm going to do a preview and a demo of uh, deploying uh, you know, on the Amplify console in just a moment. Um, we have pretty easy support for custom domain names. Um, I have a video out that shows how to set up a custom domain name in about th uh, three minutes. All that stuff is on the Amplify community website if you're looking to learn uh, to actually see some of the stuff I'm talking about. And you can also set up password protected deployments for free and it only uh, takes really a couple of seconds. So what are the, some of the new features that we've released this year? Um, this is, um, these are the main ones, I guess you could say. It's not all of them, but we, we, we released uh, just this week before reInvent full stack backend vis visibility, which uh, this kind of goes along with the CLI as well. So now whenever you create a, a Amplify project locally and you run Amplify push, you can then go to the Amplify console and actually see all of the backend environment stuff in the console, even if you haven't deployed the front end. So we now have that one-to-one -one, um, kind of integration where you can visualize everything in the AWS uh, console. Uh, pull request previews, I mentioned that just a moment ago. We have CloudFormation support. Um, we have a way to set up webhooks pretty easily if you wanna have a way to kick off a new build. Um, I deployed, or I, I launched a project a couple of months ago called Jamstack CMS. We have a button there, you can configure that from the CLI. That way you can kind of do all of your development somewhere else and without having to actually go into the console, you can kick off a new build. Uh, instant cache invalidation, uh, custom HTTP headers. Uh, not only can you deploy now via Git, but you can also deploy via S3, Dropbox, or wherever just by uploading a zip file. But right now, Git is still our uh, most popular way of deploying. End-to-end um, -end testing, we also added support for Cypress testing directly in the console. Uh, Delta deployments, uh, which deploys only the changes that have been made. Um, branch auto detection, custom container support. Uh, live package updates, and you can now have more easier access to your uh, access logs. So what is the, uh, the full stack backend visibility? This is a new feature we released this week. Um, this is kind of what it looks like. Before, when we, uh, you would only be able to see your front end and information. Now you have the option to, to view your front end or your back end, and this is what the back end uh, visibility looks like. You kind of have a list of all the different services that have been enabled. So here you can see we have a link for authentication, um, API, storage, analytics, uh, predictions, or I'm sorry, function. And in the actual function um, section, you can see your CloudWatch logs is, uh, there as well. So you don't actually have to go into CloudWatch to see anything that you've console.logged. You can see it all there in that, in that uh, console there. Uh, we're gonna test and, and do a demo of this in just a moment. Um, pull request previews. Now you can set up your uh, previews pretty easily in the console by clicking on the new preview link on the left-hand side. And here you'll see a new link to, that will show up. Anytime anyone submits a pull request, we'll then do a build if this is enabled and give you a link to then check out whatever changes have been made. And then once you know, you've tested that out, you can then whatever merge back into your main environment. All right, so we've gone over a lot of this stuff. Now we're gonna go into some demos. 
We're going to be demoing two things. The, the main thing that we're going to be demoing is creating and mocking a music festival API. And then I'm going to take this API and then deploy it to the Amplify console, and we're going to take a look at it there. Um, the things that I'd like to build, um, this, the features I'd like to build into this app are we want to be able to create, read, update, delete, and list performances. We also want to be able to create, read, update, delete stages for the pr performer. Uh, we want to add some authorization rules. We want to make sure that only admins can create, update, or delete. But we want to make sure that anyone can read. As long as they're using the app, they can, of course, you know, read from the database. We don't want to you know, have any um, rules stopping that. We want to be able to mock. We want to also mock this and test this locally. We want to build this in about five minutes. And uh, now we're going to take a look at the actual architecture, just a quick overview diagram of what this looks like. Um, essentially, it's something like this. We authorize the user via Amazon Cognito. Um, once that user is authorized, we then make an API called AppSync. Uh, AppSync then verifies the caller. If the caller is um, authorized to make the request, we send the request to DynamoDB, and we do authorization checks in the Lambda, I'm sorry, not in the Lambda, in the actual uh, GraphQL resolvers, making sure that the user is authorized to make that request. So in the actual demo, the things that we're going to be building are an AppSync API, we're going to deploy the DynamoDB tables. We want to have API authentication and authorization and fine-grained access control rules. So I'm going to jump into the demo. All right, so this is an Amplify project, so I'm just going to run whoops, Amplify status to show you what's going on here. Right now, we have an Amplify project that has been initialized, and all we've added so far is Cognito authentication. So I ran Amplify add auth. We had auth, and that's kind of where we are at this, at this moment. Now I want to go ahead and add the API. So I'm going to run Amplify add API. And this is going to walk us through the process of creating a new API. So we can choose either GraphQL or REST. GraphQL is going to be AWS AppSync. REST is going to be the option of two different REST APIs, both with uh, API Gateway. One of them can be just a Lambda function running with API Gateway. The other can be a Lambda function with API Gateway and DynamoDB. I'm going to choose GraphQL. We can provide the API name. I'm just going to take the default, which is Festival API. We can choose the authorization type that we like. I already have Cognito you know, integrated here. So I'm going to choose that, but you could also choose any other type of base authorization. Again, this is going to be the base, and you can then override this with um, either going into the advanced settings here or updating it later. So I'm going to choose Amazon Cognito. Now we can configure advanced settings for this API. Again, doing this would allow us to add other authorization types, but I'm going to choose no because we want to just take Cognito and go with that. If we have a, an annotated GraphQL schema, if we have our schema already built, something we already want to work with, we can just reference that file path here. But since we don't, I'm going to choose no. And then it's going to ask us if we'd like to have a guided schema creation. And what this is going to basically do if we choose yes, it's just going to give us a choice of three different boilerplates. So we can kind of get started with a couple of different um, types of schemas. One is a really basic schema. One is a schema that has relationships modeled into it. The other is a schema that has relationships and fine-grained access control modeled into it. So it kind of gives you an, a starter project if you need any of those things. But really, I'm going to be starting from scratch, so it doesn't really matter. Um, 
And then we're, we're given the option to go ahead and edit the schema. And this schema should then be opened up in our text editor, or it'll just give you the file path if, if you don't have your editor configured. So what we wanna do now is I wanna go ahead and we're gonna have a performance type and a stage type. The performance is gonna have information, of course, about the performance. So we're gonna have the performer, the description, and the time of the performance. Next, we're gonna go ahead and add the stage type. Oops. The stage is gonna be pretty basic. All we need is a name for the stage and an ID. And you'll notice that we have this at model directive added to each type. The at model directive is part of the GraphQL transform library. And this is something that's kind of unique to Amplify. So typically in a you know, GraphQL application, when you're building your app, you have this base type and then you need a bunch of stuff around the type. You typically need a CRUD and list op operations you know, to start things off. You wanna be able to create, read, update, delete, and list a performance, for example. Once you've created those operation definitions locally or wherever your schema is, you then need to create all of the different uh, resolvers around all those operations. So if you're using whatever data source, you need to have a way to fetch the data and, or, or mutate the data in your database and then return whatever response you need for that, for that operation. So you need your, your resolvers and your definitions. And then finally, you'll need a database or a data source. So building all this stuff from scratch typically takes a lot of time. Basically what the at model directive does, it builds out all of that schema for you, it builds out all of those resolvers for you, and it also deploys DynamoDB tables for whatever type that you've decorated. So here we're gonna have a performance database and a stage database. Finally, we wanna now add a relationship between the performance and the stage, because when we list all of the performances in our app, we wanna be able to reference which stage it's on without another call. We wanna have that direct data come directly you know, from our, our main call. So what we can do here is add a stage type, or a stage field to our performance type. And we're using a reference to the stage type and that's not gonna be enough to actually make the connection. What we need to do is add a connection directive. So using this at connection directive will automatically create a one-to-many relationship and allow us to then reference different uh, stages when we create a performance. Okay, that is our base API, but we still need some authorization rules. I talked about the auth directive earlier. The auth directive, again, is kind of what allows us to add these authorization rules around either a type or a field in our type. So what we want to do is we wanna have two types of users. We wanna have admins. Admins can create, update, and delete items. And then we wanna have just the typical signed-in user. The signed-in user, though, can only read. So how would this look? Basically, something like this. I'm gonna use the auth directive, and I'm gonna pass in two roles into that roles array. I wanna add a role for groups. The groups is gonna allow anyone with an admin privilege or in the admin group to be able to do anything that they would like. So we're saying if someone is in the admin group, they can do everything. They can create, read, update, delete, whatever. And then we wanna add another role uh, around anyone that has actually signed in. So if, as long as they're using the app and they're signed in, we're gonna allow them to read. We're gonna allow them to do any query. So if they, if they wanna list all of the Performances, all the stages, the single performance, whatever. All this stuff is kind of what we want. So that's really about it. We're, we're gonna create these rules and we wanna have these rules 
around not only the performance, but also the stage. So I'm gonna go ahead and go to the stage type and add the same thing. We have the, you know, at auth, we're allowing groups and we're allowing private access. The private access, we're only allowing uh, the reads. One other note, you're noticing that we're hard coding that admins uh, array as admin as the group. This can also be re resolved at the field level. So if you have a type and you'd like to have this more dynamic, this can be resolved from a uh, operation from GraphQL, essentially. Okay, so now we're done with that. Our schema is done. So the schema, the final schema looks something like this. Um, two types, two authorization rules. Both of the types are uh, decorated with the at model directive. So now we wanna go ahead and test this out. What I'm gonna do is go, go back to the command line and press enter. The CLI is gonna introspect our schema and make sure it's all you know, looking good. There's no mistakes. If there was, we would be prompted with a mistake, hopefully a, a helpful error. And our schema is, is compiled and we can now either mock this or we can deploy this. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do both. First, I wanna go ahead and mock this and then I wanna deploy it so after we're done testing it out locally, we can go look at it in the Amplify console. So I'm gonna go ahead and run Amplify mock in one window. In the other window, I'm gonna run Amplify push. In the Amplify mock, we're gonna go ahead and be prompted with the uh, code generation that we'd like to work with. So I mentioned that the CLI does code gen. If we're using uh, a native iOS or native Android project, it would create the code gen necessary for those native environments. But since we're in a JavaScript project, we're gonna be given these JavaScript options. So we can use JavaScript, TypeScript, or Flow. We can choose where we'd like these files to be uh, located after they're created. I'm just gonna take the default. We can choose to have more fine-grained control over the operations, but typically I just say yes to go ahead and create everything. <clears throat> we, can in, uh, we can set a maximum statement depth. If we have some weird use case where we have like three or four levels deep nested of a schema, we could you know, specify that here, but typically two is, is a good, good place to start. So now you'll see at the top here, we're gonna go ahead and have uh, our endpoint you know, up and running. It's gonna go ahead and give us that green check mark. As long as everything has uh, been compiled successfully, we should be good to go. And we can now just click on this uh, URL. And this should open up the local testing environment here in our, in our window. So what this basically is, it's a graphical explorer. And a graphic, graphical is an open source technology in the GraphQL space that is something like Postman, but for GraphQL. With, with graphical, you can do all of the different GraphQL operations against your GraphQL API in your browser without actually having to kind of go into whatever production environment that you're working in. We worked with Sean Grove from OneGraph, which is a pretty popular or up and coming popular uh, GraphQL uh, startup. He has a really nice user interface that allows you to then, uh, instead of actually having to write out all the different GraphQL operations, you can just click on the left-hand side and we'll populate the fields for you. So um, let's say we wanted to go ahead and list all of the uh, stages. I could go ahead and do that without having to actually write any code myself. But we don't have anything there yet because we haven't created anything. What we want to do is go ahead, uh, we want to create a stage, we want to create a performance, 
And then we want to query for the relationship between performances and stages. We want to go ahead and test that relationship out. So we're going to run a query that queries all of their performances and the related stage that, that it's associated with. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually go back to my project, and I have a, a bunch of operations that I've created, so I don't have to write these manually. But I'll go through each one of them real quick. So we're going to go ahead and run the create stage mutation. We're going to pass in an ID ourselves. If we didn't, we could auto-generate an ID, but I needed the ID for this live demo. So I'm passing in just an ID of main. We're creating a performance. Um, the performance has that reference to the ID to make that relationship work. So we're passing in a performance stage ID. And then we are doing a query where we're listing the performances. And then we're actually able to reference that stage right here. So we're seeing that relationship between uh, stage and performance that's queried here. So let's go ahead and I'm going to check my auth first because I want to make sure that we test these authorization rules. And you can do that uh, by modifying essentially what the JWT would be, the, uh, the JSON web token um, passed in from your app locally here in the testing environment as well. So right now, I'm not associated with any groups. I'm just some random user, user one with a email address. So I'm going to go ahead and try to create a stage. And what should happen is we should not be able to create a stage because we're not an admin. But we did run a query a second ago, so our queries are working. So that, that, that's good. So we know that our authorization rules are working. So let's go ahead and sign in as an admin. So I'm going to go ahead and click Update Auth. I'm going to go ahead and choose Admin as Group. And I might just go ahead and put a uh, username that's a little different to go with me. And now when we create a uh, stage, we should be good to go. We see that the stage was created successfully. <clears throat> now we're going to reference that stage in our next mutation. So we're going to create a performance using that stage that we created. Next, I'm going to go ahead and create another performer. <laughs> Sorry, I can't type down here. As you can see, my taste of music. All right, uh, we created two performances, both on the main stage. So now let's test this out by running this list performances query. And now we see that the, the query is, is running successfully. So we see that we have our items that are returned here. So we're getting the ID, the description, the performer. But we're also getting the stage. So we're seeing that relationship is kind of working uh, good for us. And we're doing all of this locally. All of this, you know, of course, has not been, uh, it has maybe been deployed, but we're not deploying uh, live. OK. Now we're back to our main environment where we deployed this. And we see that all of these uh, things have been deployed successfully. So now we have our live API that we can go check out as well. And we're given that GraphQL endpoint. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the Amplify console right here. And I'm going to see that I have you know, all of these apps here. In the Festival API, I deployed this earlier with just auth there. But now when we go in there, we should see that we have our API there as well. <clears throat> and in the console, again, with the new feature that we uh, released with the front end and back end, we now have a different tab for the back end environment. So 
Before there used to be just one area, that was it. Now you have two areas. You have your front end and your back end. We don't have any front end deployed at the moment. It's just all back end stuff. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on back end environments. And this will list all the different environments that we've created and deployed so far. The only environment that we've deployed is that test environment. So I'm gonna go ahead and click here and we're gonna open up this environment. We're gonna see a bunch of information about this environment. We're gonna have all of the different activity that's happened you know, with this app here uh, listed in chronological order. We have all the different features that are available that we can deploy. So if I go to authentication, we'll see that we have our uh, links to the authentication that we've already created. So if you'd like to go ahead and view our Cognito or our federated identity stuff in Cognito, we just have a direct link to that. We can also now, should be able to go ahead and see our GraphQL API. <clears throat> so we, we see that we have our new GraphQL API here, Festival API, dash the name of our environment test. We can also view our DynamoDB tables directly from the console. So uh, we can click there, go to Dynamo. Of course, there should no, be no data there at the moment. <clears throat> um, also, again, if we had a Lambda function or Lambda functions deployed and we were doing any logging, all that logging would start showing up here so we don't have to kind of keep jumping back and forth to CloudWatch. Um, the last thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead back to the console and we wanna now just test this out in our live environment just for people that haven't seen AppSync in the dashboard yet. So if we wanna open up any of these services, we can either go to the CLI and run amplify console and the name of the feature. So for us, maybe API, and this will go ahead and open our GraphQL API. Um, another way we could have done that would be to go to the Amplify console, go to API, and click the button here that says View and App Sync. So you have two different ways to kind of view the API that you've created. Here we have that live version of the API we tested out earlier. I might go into my queries, which is the, our version of the graph, graphical editor, where we can run all of those operations that we ran earlier. So I might wanna go ahead and uh, paste that here. And here we can also switch between the authorization types. So we have Cognito and we have our default authorization mode. Actually our only authorization mode at this moment because we've only done Cognito. But if we had uh, API key or whatever, that would also show up there. I don't have a user yet, so I can't really log in. But if I do do this, we should also see an unauthorized exception because I'm not signed in. But we should be able to go ahead and list performances or actually I'm not signed in. So we do have private access on this API as well. If you're signed in, you should be able to just make a query, but uh, you shouldn't be able to make any mutations. So everything seems to be working there. All right, so um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap this up. So let's see here. So that's our live demo, and that wraps up this, uh, this event. So thank you for coming. Again, uh, at Dabit3 on Twitter if you have any questions or you wanna, wanna talk. And make sure you please uh, complete the survey after this. Thank you.